the Rich Keith Show. Here we go, you're now rocking with the Rich Keith Show on your radio. You're about to hit the chronicles from a topical, comical, and knowledgeable Boston sports talker, dropping in hotter than a tropical climate. Breaking news, he supplies it, and you want the truth? Scoops Keith will find it. He's talking about all the sports. And he's also a hashtag dork And a father of two sweet daughters The leader of your squad for you evening marauders And night commuters Tune in and sit tight Six to ten, more like six to midnight Ow, the mic's hot on the Night's Watch crew Celtics, Bruins, Pats, and Red Sox too Doing this since the Rich Keith Project Now we has got podcasts and Twitch stream content KWFE on WEEI It's the Rich Keith Show So here's your guy all right, welcome into a Monday night edition of the Rich Keefe Show here on WEEI. Joining us as he does every Monday and Wednesday is Nick Fitzy Stevens. Fitzy, how are you? Hey, Hello. Rich. It's good to see that my Monday night option has been picked up. Yes. Great to be back. Hell yeah. And that's uh, where I want to start is over the weekend, one of the targets for the Patriots. And I know it kind of felt like a bit of a pipe dream, but T. Higgins, I wanted T. Higgins. Hell, last year we were trying to come up with ways to get T. Higgins to New England, the Cincinnati receiver who was going into the last year of his deal last season thought maybe the Bengals would trade him. They didn't. Now you thought, all right, well, he's a free agent. He's one of the best free agent receivers on the market. Maybe he'll be available, and he gets franchise tagged. So he's franchise tagged by Cincinnati. Doesn't mean they can't trade him, but if he ends up staying there, it's really, what would you say, one of three legitimate number one receivers who he thought could be available in free agency? Maybe, maybe three tops. tops. I would say right, two, right. two for certain, three if you include, and I would put the pecking order at T. Higgins, Mike Evans. T. Higgins only over Mike Evans because he's younger. Yeah. The better receiver by far, one of the best receivers, and maybe I still think one of the most underrated offensive talents the past decade in the NFL, being Mike Evans. And number three, Michael Pittman. Uh, I'd never thought T. For, uh, T. Higgins... Andy Hart has been beating that drum on the pod here with you and wherever anyone will listen to him yep. for over a year now. And I never thought it for a happening. second that <laughs> ain't, it ain't happening. I had I had some some ass clown on Twitter yep. when I uh It's when a good I spot that, for him usually. It's a great Twitter's spot. Just filled to the brim Actually, with I yeah. do believe now it just says x.com ass yep. clowns welcome. Yep. So they're all um, there. <laughs> just what would you say you do here? General <laughs> ass clownery? Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. yep. Oh, and you just, oh, identity-free hating of other people's thoughts and, yes. and unique expressions? Cool. Correct. So somebody said to me the other night, like, oh, you idiot. You ever, like, I just quote tweeted the Ian Rappaport thing that said T. Higgins is going to be franchised yep. with a gif of that great young actor from uh, Banshees of Inish Sharon, and it said, well, there goes that dream. Oh, have that, you that seen, great quote from as movie. a quick aside, have you seen Saltburn? I was thinking of watching it when I yeah. got off the air this evening. It's, what did you think? Uh, it's it's worth a watch. It's wild. Like, it's pretty crazy. So you got to go in knowing that, like, it is kind of crazy. There's a few things that that said actor does in the thing is that are... Martin Ke- Keegan? Keegan? Barry Keogh. Or Barry Keogh. Bar- some, I don't know how to, 100% Keogh. how to say his last name, but he is a terrific actor. So, and, yes. yeah, there's some wild stuff in there. Mm, like, I don't even okay. know what genre it is necessarily. Like, it's not horror, but, like, it's... It's wild. It's labeled as thriller slash comedy. Okay. Yeah, but it's it's comedy in so far as it is like kind of outlandish. It's not just it's not like a hilarious comedy. But anyway, 
Okay. Only because you referenced that actor, I yep. I want you to watch the movie and then let me know your thoughts. It after is the fact. on the list. Good. It is on right. the list. And whenever right. we get to what are you watching this evening, I've got plenty else to say. Okay, perfect. But that that being said, that's just sort of how I put it out there for myself or whoever thought yep. that T. Higgins could matriculate his way to Foxborough. I never thought it a reality. And someone said, "You idiot! You ever thought that they would give up on him?" In a year where Burrow is going to be going for the Super Bowl, stick to Broadway. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, somebody, wow. Hey. Someone's paying very close attention because they know I was raised in the theater and do love yeah. the great white way. Now, that being said, uh-huh. if any Patriots fan or the New England Patriots themselves were banking on being able to get a number one wide receiver uh, away from Cincinnati when they're going to completely make one final all-in push before they have to bankrupt themselves on Jamar Chase, would be crazy. There's yeah. no way anyone possibly thought T. Higgins would shake free this season. Uh, now, they say you, they could still trade him, right? And there were some reports that he could get a first-round pick, which is obviously out of the question for the Patriots. A second-round pick. A high two, I think. Would, would you entertain a, that? Would you, would you trade the 34th pick for T. Higgins? Uh, I would rather not. Yeah, I just would, draft guys. I and would whatever. rather draft yeah. guys that I have control of that I'm not going to be paying twenty five million dollars. T. Higgins is a yeah. is a two plus one minus type of receiver to me. I don't think he's the mm-hmm. now now it, it's one of those deals, Rich, where it's like, well, he's a real number one in New England because who the hell is a number one? Yeah, but but I think he, let's say he stays in Cincinnati because that's certainly what it, what it appears to be. I wonder if and you and I are of the Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, camp. A lot of people out there are not. A lot of people are of the draft the best quarterback. But I wonder, do you feel any differently now? Because Fitzy mentioned Mike Evans, who I do not think, as great as he is, isn't really the best fit for a team that is going to be in a bit of a rebuild for a year or two. Like, you're not developing him with a young quarterback. I wouldn't think. I think it's kind of a waste of everybody's time. Yeah, and it's not official, but there was a report yesterday that it's likely he's sticking around in Tampa. So if he, work right. out. Okay, so if he stays in Tampa, cross him off. Then you go to Michael Pittman, who I think is very, very good. I don't Same. know if he's like a complete stud like all right wide receiver problem is is solved and then he calvin good Ridley. With, he was really good this year though i with, like him with the mud flap man like he with was uh, the really Minshew. Good with Minshew, yeah no i like Pittman. i i think higgins is better i think evans is better i think Pittman's kind of on his own tier and then one step down is calvin ridley who some weeks looks really good other weeks kind of disappears he's got the talent but he's not like a true true he's a patriots number one but is he like a league number one? I don't know if he is. So does that change people's opinion? Because a lot of the text we would get is, you know, as you look at the number three pick, the number 34 pick, a high third round pick, plus all this cash they can spend in free agency. And we were getting a lot of, all right, would you rather have Jaden Daniels, Drake May, and T. Higgins, or Baker Mayfield and Marvin Harrison Jr.? You know, just as a hypothetical. And to me, I would rather have that anyway. But now if you cross off Higgins, you might cross off Evans if the very best you can do is Pittman, and there's no guarantee he's going to uh, spring loose, does that change how people feel about the number three pick? And would you entertain now just taking Marvin Harrison Jr., who I think in three years is going to be better than all those guys anyway? Like, I think he's going to be the best receiver out of all the, the guys we just named. It may not even be three years until he's the best of all of them. Good because point. you may have somebody who has something close to resembling Randy Moss's size and speed with ridiculous hands. Becoming, and if I could tell you that he was going to give you eighty-five to ninety percent of Randy Moss's rookie seasons productivity, yep. those two seasons oh that God. Moss had, nineteen ninety-eight yeah. and two thousand seven, where he was absolutely unstoppable. Once with Culpepper and once with Brady, should have no, had a Super uh, Bowl in each year. Cunningham, and, Randall Cunningham. Oh, I'm sorry, that's yeah. right. It was Randall Cunningham, not, yeah, yeah. not Culpepper. Right. Um, Culpepper came in afterward. Um, yep. 
with Cunningham still probably threw the best deep ball that people don't pay attention to in oh, NFL history. Sick, yeah. S- absolutely uh-huh. sick deep ball, effortless. Um, you know, it's a, he's a thirty-seven yard Gary Anderson field goal away from going to the Super Bowl. They that year. If I could won. tell you, yeah. oh, it was brick, yeah, that uh, team was loaded. Weren't they fifteen and one? Like they were. They were. Yeah, yeah, they were. Uh, so. If I told you you could get that uh, that kind of Moss-like production out of Marvin Harrison Jr., yeah. who's not going to run or showcase his skills, but he'll interview at the Combine. Yeah, it doesn't need and, to. No. Yeah. people have to, His size is ridiculous. His hands are perfect. Apparently, he can hit a top speed of 23 miles per hour. So why would he even need to run in case he has a bad day because he's yeah. just lightning fast? No, I think he's he's insane. Like, like it's great. How do you, not, it, how do you as important as quarterback is, like I'm not wanting to tell you, like oh, I just find a quarterback anywhere. Like that's also not how you go about it. I just think that this is like if Calvin Johnson or if Justin Jefferson or one of those guys was in this draft, I would absolutely take him at number three. I think that's what Marvin Correct. Harrison is. And then you gotta you gotta kind of prioritize. Then you gotta either say we're going after one of these guys in free agency, or we're gonna trade up from 34 to you know the back end of the first round and address it there. Because it's not one that you can kind of kick down the road and be like, oh, we'll look at next year's class. Like, no, no, no. You got to you got to get in there now. It doesn't mean you don't you don't get in on uh, on Marvin Harrison. Uh, Dill Pickle in the uh, Twitch chat, which you can watch the show twitch.tv slash Boston WEI. He likes Pittman or Ridley, even if you draft Harrison or not. Which I would agree with. You have all this money. If you look at the best free agents out there, you got the, that handful of quarterbacks. You got the handful of. Uh, Wide receivers, there's going to be a bunch of running backs who I don't think the Patriots need to target at all. So wouldn't that make Marvin Harrison's job even that much easier is if you paired him with one of those guys? Like, why not? Look at Jalen Waddell and Tyreek Hill. Look at A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith. Look at, like, uh, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins. You can have two great wide receivers. It's okay. Like, that would that might be going back to 2007. Tom Brady had nobody to throw to in 06. They're like, all right. We're going to get you Randy Moss and Wes Welker. Like, why not have two? It, I, I, I like that plan. Or what if you sign a Michael Pittman? Does that allow you to either take your quarterback at three or accept a trade invitation from the Falcons or the Vikings since it seems like they're both feeling pretty frisky about jumping up in the draft? Yes. Depending on how you feel or how how the Wolfman, the Wolf of Ball Street and company, yep. feel about these quarterbacks, we, we continue to hear... Say uh, thank you. Yep, you say Elliot Wolf. Yep, that's tough. So last week I talked about Chris Price talking to Ron Wolf. Now Mike Reese has gotten in touch with Ron Wolf and people close to Elliot Wolf, and they continue hammering home. He is going to take the best talent on the board. He is a best available type. They're not going to reach. They're not going to overthink it. They're not yeah. going to take something desperately out of need. And if they believe that Marvin Harrison Jr. is light years better than where Jaden Daniels is or Drake May is then you can be looking at a veteran quarterback, a later investment in quarterback that they'll draft and develop accordingly. And just maybe, just maybe, Rich, mm-hmm. you could, I don't know, trade back. You could get Roma Dunze in the uh, in the single digits of the draft, or maybe mm-hmm. you grab another dynamite receiver, uh, or you grab uh, maybe a quarterback or a tackle of the future, and then at the top of the second round, I'm telling you, this Lad McConkey kid is going to go way earlier than people expect because nobody could cover him at the senior bowl. He's going to break a thousand ankles at the combine as well. And I'm sure his, his shuttle and three cone or whatever the hell they call it. Oh, I can't is, wait. Is, can't I, wait. I, I, it's combine man, week. Combine week. Pants tent yep. city, baby. Watch them 40 times. Who knows? Maybe uh, we were talking about this last week. Wasn't it Chris Jones who fell during his 40 and 
Everything came flying out of his shorts. You just never know what you're going to get at the combine. That's why you got to you got to watch this stuff. Uh, but does T. Higgins getting franchise tag change at all your plans for the Patriots this offseason? You can weigh in 617-779-7937. And certainly a lot of scuttlebutt out there about the Patriots trading down or so many teams looking to trade up. And uh, does any of that make sense for the Patriots? Again, you can weigh in here. Uh, you can also hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Rich Keefe Show. It's Keefe and Fitzy here on a Monday night. But right now here is Joe Braverman in for Stiz, and he's got your trending. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now is proudly presented by VA New England Healthcare. Bruins wrap up their four-game road trip tonight in Seattle as they face the Kraken. Coach Jim Montgomery stated before the game that Derek Forbert is out of the lineup after missing a team meeting. Putt drop from Seattle is set for 10 o'clock. Spring training continued for the Sox today as they walked off against the Phillies. 7 to 6, Chase Midroth, hope I said that right, hit the tying single in the ninth, and Nick York scored the game-winning run on a wild pitch. Sox will be right back at it tomorrow to face the Cardinals from Jupiter, Florida. You can hear Will Fleming and Lou Merloni call the game on 105 on WEI AM 850. Celtics announced a clean injury report ahead of their showdown tomorrow night at TD Garden against the 76ers. The NFL franchise tag window opened up. The Bengals officially placed their tag on receiver T. Higgins, while Josh Jacobs, Saquon Barkley, and Tony Pollard are among running backs who likely won't be receiving the tag. In another football news, the Mid-Atlantic Conference voted to invite UMass as the 13th member of the MAC Conference in all sports beginning in the 2025-26 sports season. Are you a veteran? VA New England Healthcare provides state-of-the-art healthcare benefits to those who served our country. Call 844-VA-CARES and learn more about the benefits you earned and deserve. Call 844-VA-CARES. I'm Joe Braverman, and that's what's trending on WEI and WEI.com. Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy. It's a uh, Monday night on WEEI and uh, T. Higgins franchise over the weekend. And not that it was, you know, likely he was going to leave Cincinnati, but just another name to cross off the list as the Patriots have so many needs really all on offense to address this offseason between the draft and free agency. If that guy's not available, I wonder if there's a little bit more of an appetite to stay on the board at three and just draft Marvin Harrison. However, Fitzy, you can't go uh, a day without hearing about teams trying to trade up and taking mm-hmm. whatever quarterback is there at three. So, in, I mean, in many ways, you are in the catbird seat because whether it's the Vikings or the Raiders or somebody else that's down there in that, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 range, there could be some serious discussion on putting together a package and moving up and get whatever quarterback's there. So let me ask you, is there a chance come next fall or the end of the 2024 season that we're going to see the Patriots, whether they stay put, trade up, unlikely, trade back, possibly, I'm Uh still buying into it. Is there a chance we're going to look at the tail end of that season, who they drafted, who they didn't pick, and then say, damn it, if they just hadn't won against blank in 2023, they would have had a better draft pick and could have taken, I don't know, let's say, Jaden Daniels goes two or even goes one stunningly. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, is there, I think there's any chance that that possibly happens. And before I get into any other thoughts on the QBs. Well, oh, of course there's a chance. Yeah, there's, there's definitely a chance because you go back to whether it was the Denver game or the Pittsburgh game. It's like, Oh, you really needed that. You really needed that one. Cause I was resigned to the fact we talked about it every week. It was probably 
middle of the season, slightly before middle of the season, where you're like, all right, this thing's over. And really what's best for the franchise is to get up there. And it was realistic. Like they could they could have the number one pick in the draft. And that's why we talked about mm-hmm. it all the time. Like they could have at least the choice of Caleb Williams. Now maybe they do a full scouting report and they're like, oh, we don't really we don't really want him. But at least you'd have the choice of all those guys. Now you really are if you want a quarterback, you gotta just it's up to the commanders. You gotta wait and see. And we've seen examples of uh both things happening, right? We've seen the Patriots famously in ninety three had a choice between Drew Bledsoe and Rick Meyer, and they got it right. The Indianapolis Colts a few and years it only later took two and a half episodes of the <laughs> dynasty to go over it. And but then you go uh, a few years later, it was Peyton Manning and Ryan Leaf. And I know people now are like, Oh, like of course it was Peyton Manning. And it was close. If you go back to that time. There's a famous story about how it was so close that the Colts had made a jersey for draft night for both players. Like it really You're went kidding. down to the wire. Yeah, I think I think Ryan Leaf even brought it to like the Dan Patrick show or something. Like he literally has like a Colts Leaf jersey that they somehow got their hands on. Like it, they That's were wild. going back and forth right up to the end, but they got it right. Mm-hmm. And then there was last year, it's only one year, but Bryce Young over CJ Stroud. So the Texans were sitting there and they got the right guy. Or yeah. but but it wasn't their choice. And the Panthers took Sam Bowie. And the right exactly. So that has happened. So unless the Patriots surprise all of us and trade up, they're just going to sit there and take whoever. And of course we're going to be looking at those two. But let's say uh they the Commanders take Jaden Daniels and he's really good and the Patriots take Drake May and he's not. Mhm. I mean, what you can't really blame Elliot Wolf or Gerard Mayo for them winning an extra game or taking the guy like they said, hey, we got to go quarterback. Like you're yeah. kind of fingers crossed, hope this guy's good. But any kind of real pressure would be having the number two pick, right? The yes. number one pick, I think it's unanimous, it, or at least it should be that it's Caleb Williams. The number two pick is really that 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 GM is on the hot seat immediately with the number two pick. Okay, so. Here's where things get real interesting. I know uh, we'll revisit this later. This is called a vertical teasing yeah, radio, yes, everyone. Yes, yes, yes. So just, you know, let's stand back in admiration. Let the professionals <laughs> do their job. Yeah, okay, yeah. thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter King, who's going to be uh, uh, retiring from his uh, very qu- quick and brief football Monday columns and whatnot, said now that the winds are telling him that it looks like the Bears will be trading the number one pick. Yeah, I mean, and if that just okay, so let's sort of play that out. Let's there's say, two let, months to go, so I wonder it's if a long that, way off, right? And there's and everybody at this point is li- you're not doing your job if you're not lying to everybody you talk to. Like if you're in one of the front offices, like aren't you just constantly telling lies? You should be telling lies, so you well, so th- that way you can you should basically be chumming the waters, so you can get you sending out these pings, if you will, so you can get a feel. Like all right, if we hold on to fields. We could use number one overall ourselves and get him Marvin Harrison Jr. And then we have DJ Moore and Marvin Harrison Jr. Yeah. We don't overthink it. And then we have a hell of offense. I mean, they year. just had the number one pick. They got an absolute haul for it. And now they have the number one pick again. They could maybe get another absolute haul for it. They could get an yeah, absolute haul for it. People are talking about if those Minnesota to the Patriots, you know, jumping up to the number three spot trade rumors ever come to bear. Mm-hmm. Isn't the isn't the rumored asking price for the number three, like three first round picks is an opening offer? Like, yeah, that was what that was what. Uh, they got for uh, what the hell's it? Um, in San Francisco, got Trey Lance. For, Trey Lance, thank you. For the I, Dolphins, I mean, he's so I guess, bad I yeah. forgot him. Yeah, no, um, no, he's very forgettable. No, like, yeah. So the the Bears could basically set their franchise up for the next ten years to be an absolute wagon if they think Justin 
Fields is good enough for them. Yeah, do you think and, their oh, decision? By the way, they still have the ninth pick. I know. Do you think their decision, if they trade the number one pick, is it not being sold on Caleb Williams or actually thinking that Justin Fields can be saved? I think it's that Justin Fields can be good enough and yeah. that they can fortify. I mean, dude, if you get three picks, someone mm-hmm. else's second, and then you basically pick nine and you get their first round pick a little bit later. So let's say you let's say it's the let's say Atlanta goes crazy and is like, no, we're getting Caleb Williams. Great. You can pick eighth and ninth, get your left tackle of the future, get a number one wide receiver, and you get several years worth of Atlanta Falcons picks. So you're yeah. constantly just replenishing your cornerbacks and your defensive line and your offensive line. Justin Fields, if the guy plays a, a full healthy season now with a new offensive coordinator, may actually be better than people are giving him credit for without having to take a flyer and reset <laughs> the salary issue. All right, with Caleb if, Williams. If Peter King is right and the Bears trade the number one pick, what is your appetite for the Patriots moving up and grabbing it Caleb is, Williams? It is significant. Oh, so I okay. I would. I think oh, we we agree on a lot of draft stuff. I've noticed. Yes. Yeah, I, you I, and I, I are. We love Harrison, but this is the guy. I think even though they're lumped, the three quarterbacks are lumped together. To me, it's really Caleb Williams, a tier uh, with nobody, and then the other two guys. So I'm yeah. with you. I would take yeah. Caleb off the too. field issues though are kind of driving me. All right, so Osh- uh, I'm glad you brought that up, Joe. Uh, off the field issues being what did he complain what, he about? Cried? An upcharge for guac? Come on, <laughs> he wants to go home and watch Netflix and snuggle with his dog. Who amongst us doesn't? <laughs> I think that's very relatable. Well, just just that's what ru- I'm going to do when I go home: snuggle with my dog, watch a little Netflix. Well, the rumors of um, like he wants like ownership stake. You got to have dr- big dreams, don't you, Joe? Don't you got to have big dreams? Yeah, you can have big dreams, but not astronomical dreams Guy that seem like... out of reach in your very first year. All right, well, He's he didn't want to get paid. I he get never that. said that, right? That was something that sort of came out during the season, and, and maybe there was truth to it, but it's not like he went up there and was, was demanding it. Okay. I just think his quarterback ability is a lot better than those other two guys. He, he is honest. more likely to be a top five, top ten quarterback for multiple years in the NFL. And, yes, there are some immaturity issues. He's also in his early 20s. So I, I have a hard 50 th- and I'm still a disaster. <laughs> I was going to say, look at Come me. On. Look at me. Like, I just, I don't know. <laughs> look at you. Look at me. Look every at us. Guy, like, every guy who is mature now, were they their whole lives? I mean, maybe. Maybe there's a couple of guys that just, you know, they showed up fourth grade and they were as mature as hell and they never they never changed after that but i don't know i would i would take williams i would move up i know it's going to cost a lot to do it but i i would be i would enter i would absolutely entertain that okay two things on this number one uh there are players in this draft like i've been very impressed by everything i've watched everything i've read about and everything i've heard from roma dunze because the kid has serious compete he's mature he's smart he's tough he watches Cooper Cup game tape. I heard on the Phil Perry podcast. All right. uh, he wants to block his ass off. He says, like he loves the blocking game. He also loves the, being a receiver. He wants to be fast, tough. He's an attacker. He calls himself great. Sure. I don't think the Pats can get him. Right. So, but if you can, I understand the the approach to wanting to get well rounded, whole football players that are mentally tough. But two, if there was any chance in the world that the New England Patriots could jump up in the draft, not completely deep six. Uh, their draft plans now or their foreseeable football future. Get a Caleb Williams, and he and his representation are concerned about, you know, well, I could have gotten this much in NIL deals. Let's see you show up, New England. I personally will petition every business in New England from Town Fair Tire 
to the 99 <laughs> to John yeah. Seward to uh-huh. freaking, you know, Rodman Ford. Yeah. Make sure that this guy, you know, Dan O'Brien will set him up with whatever Kia he needs. <laughs> like, I'm talking about making sure mm-hmm. that this guy feels the love here. And Pats fans would come out en masse because you know what we we would have for the first time since basically since Bledsoe was drafted. I mean, you remember what a franchise saver he was. And oh, yeah. Of course, I've the, heard way, yeah. the way his, <laughs> is portrayed in, in the dynasty as well. Yep. Like, like Caleb Williams would be seen as a savior. Mm-hmm. And he, this guy would be instantly deified. Then the tall task for him would be living up to it and delivering. If you look at the old NFL draft trade value chart, which I'm sure you did. I'm sure you were looking at that today. I have the app. If yeah. the uh, Patriots wanted to move up from three to one. Now, I think every year is slightly different, and obviously it depends on what team you're talking to, uh, if it's a quarterback in play, which it would be this year. But according to this, it says if a team wants to move up from three to one, it'll cost them 800 points. Each pick has a number of points associated with it. And just to simplify it, Basically, if the Patriots traded their first round, second round, and third round pick from this year, they could move up to number one. Now, most likely, the Bears would ask for future picks. uh, And so some combination, like, would you be more willing to trade your first three picks this year to get Caleb Williams? Or would you want to be like, hey, we'll trade you our one and three this year and our one next year. That way you can keep 34. Because I feel like both could possibly be in play. I would trade this year's first, this year's second, this year's third, and next year's I would offer one, two, three, and two. Wow. And, that and, should and get it done. I mean, if, if they're serious about trading done. them, that should absolutely get it done. I mean, yeah. if you're the Bears, you move back two spots. I don't know if you if you think another one of the quarterbacks. If they're like, hey, we think Jaden Daniels is just as good, and we can get New England's second and third and then another second, and then we can get more interior linemen and another receiver yeah. and a court and a safety – Whatever, however it is, they see the draft mm-hmm. and what Brian Poles is thinking. Why in the world wouldn't you want to do? Why I like these are teams that have multiple holes and need multiple players. Yeah. In addition to the fact that one single player is not just going to win you a football game. Caleb Williams, however, you and I are kind of hive mind mm-hmm. on, does represent the most explosive, dynamic player overall in the game in the in this particular draft. And it, I don't even think it's close. Like you don't either. Like. I don't care about his painting the fingernails, being yeah. weird, snuggling the dog. Oh, he didn't want to chill. do a post-game press conference after a loss? Like, how many guys that are in the league for six, seven years still don't do that? You so. got people that are willing to have a flotilla in New England because they're mad about Bill Belichick letting go. Did he exactly want to do any post-game press conferences and address the media and give everyone the time of day? He did not. not really, no, did and not. made it a pretty miserable process therein. <laughs> yeah, but people yeah. would have laid down their arms and given their life yeah. for this guy. They love him so much. Caleb Williams is an odd bird. He's a very he's a unique he's a unique millennial Gen Z son of a gun. Yeah. You know what else he can do? Sling Throw the football oh. seventy yards against his body yeah. on the run. No, I I do like him quite a bit. I'm also. Uh, I'm starting to think if they are were to trade down, it's a coward's move. And I'll tell you, it's not always a coward's move. Like, for example. You have to say that while wearing, like, chaps. Yeah, no, I know. Duster. You put your six-shooter on the bar. Yeah. Like, I'm going to tell you what. You're a coward. It's a coward's move. And as much as I am uh, I am a fan so far of Elliot Wolf, I will, I, if he trades down, it's a coward's move. And here's why. Other years, that could make sense. Other years, maybe your needs don't necessarily align with what is in front of you in the draft. This is not that kind of year. You're sitting there at number three. The two biggest needs on the Patriots are quarterback and wide receiver. 
And if you sit there at three, you're either getting one of the top-tier quarterbacks or the very best receiver. If you trade down, especially if you trade down with one of those rumored teams like the Vikings or the Raiders, you're going down so far that you miss out on the top three quarterbacks and likely the top three wide receivers. So you're like, well, yeah, but we're getting more picks. We're getting more and more picks. So now you're going to have to hit on all these extra picks, and then that way you can guarantee that your team is going to be a whole lot better rather than just identifying the guy that you think could be a future Hall of Famer. That's what you got to do. you got you got to hit on those top picks. Like even going back to uh, Belichick's second draft with New England, People wanted a receiver. They wanted a receiver. They wanted a receiver. He's like, nope. I'm I'm going. I'm sticking on the board at six. I'm not trading down. Coming off a five and eleven season and getting twenty picks. I'm taking Richard Seymour and I'm going to draft a Hall of Famer at six. And then that helps set up the franchise going forward. Mm-hmm. It also helped that you get the greatest quarterback of all time. I, I get it. But you hit on those first round picks. You're picking third. You, you, nobody. You're not. The Patriots never picked this high. So don't be like, ah, oh, let's just kick it down the road and, and let's try to hit on you know the next couple of drafts and we'll be better off later on. You could get a foundational generational player at three or the scenario we just brought up, move up to one. You can't do that or at least the chances go way down if you're trading down into like the, the teens. At eight or 11 or even whatnot. Yeah, even eight, I feel like you're, you're, you're going too low. Well, in Breer's piece today at SI.com, uh, who was it? Somebody told him, like the uh, another a GM in the a current GM in the NFL said the top ten is absolutely loaded this year. So everybody thinks that the full top ten like is just full of future perennial All Pros, Pro Bowlers, and Hall of Famers. It's fine depending on what your particular need is. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't want to see the I don't want to see the Pats take a tackle as much as anyone else does. I'd rather they throw a lot of money at tackles in free agency, take one in the middle rounds, develop him and see if he shakes out, you know, Sebastian Vollmer style, we'll say. I think Vollmer was a second-round pick out of University of Houston. He panned out. But if you look, yeah, right. But if you look at, uh, so Daniel Jeremiah, right, one of the better guys at uh, evaluating talent, he has, like, sort of his top 50 prospects. So this isn't based on, like, team needs or anything. These are just best players, right? And the top six on his list are three wideouts and three quarterbacks. Number seven is Brock Bowers, the tight end. Number eight is the cornerback Arnold out of uh, Alabama. Nine is Joe Alt, the tackle from Notre Dame. And then one of the offensive linemen from Oregon State. Uh, is it Fuaga at, at 10? Sure. So it's nine offensive players. And so I'm, my point is if you trade down even a, just slightly lower, like some of those rooms, like, like 11, you might walk away with the 10th best offensive player all of a sudden. So you yeah, go like how, far, how far down would be too far down? I'd like uh, six. Like, or no, six, you can still, you can lock in like a Malik Neighbors or somebody like that. Yep. So six, I think I would be like, all right, you're, at least you're, you're coming away with, you have the opportunity to draft a stud wideout or quarterback. Once you get seven or, or below, now it's like best available, Brock Bowers. I'm like, I don't want Brock Bowers. He might be good, but I don't want him. I don't want Joe Alt. I don't want my first-round pick this year to be Joe Alt. You don't need oh, to do that. Okay. You're in a better spot. Do you feel rich yes. like we found it, like we discovered a while ago um, with our friends over at Walter Football? Yes. Do you feel like yeah. there is a little bit of J.J. McCarthy buzz? Like, is, Does he have a little throw-mentum going on right now? Yeah, he like seems a to be a, going, uh, like he's creeping up. A riser. He seems to be a Paul Riser. Mad about you? 
I would say. Wow. You like that? Not bad? Not bad. I don't like them. I don't like them. And, you know, we'll I'll dig into it more over the next couple of months. But just from the handful of Michigan games I did see, uh, wire to wire this year, I was like, yeah. And I guess Jim Harbaugh would probably tell you, like, well, he just did what we needed him to do. And they're, they're, he can do more. But this is what fit for our offense and their running game and everything else. But I don't know. I don't love him. But. I do think teams are going to – he's going to get overdrafted. And, mm-hmm. you know, you could maybe even use that to your advantage. So if the Patriots were to trade down, they might trade down to a spot that another team comes calling because that's where J.J. McCarthy could go. Mm-hmm. And then that would really kind of piss me off because now you're moving down probably to the 20s. And, sure, you might have a pile of picks now. If you traded out of three so somebody could take Drake May and then you traded out of, like, 11 or 12 so somebody could draft J.J. McCarthy – You'd have a million picks, but none of them would be in the top ten, at least for this year. I don't, and I don't think J.J. McCarthy, like, isn't it the 25 start rule? Isn't that what people base? So what did he start? Um, mm. I don't even know if he started 25 games in college. And if the, and if he's even like, right, like you're looking at somebody that is going to have to sit for a while in order yeah. to like. Yeah, let's see. He started. Uh, well, it's just his games played. So I don't know how many starts it was. I think was, he but... started. I, oh, I think he started about thirty games. Okay. Yeah, the last two years, I think he was 30. their primary guy. Last two years, yeah. so okay. I mean, twenty-two touchdowns, five picks as a sophomore, then twenty-two touchdowns, four picks as a junior. Which well, was it also last helped year. to have the best running back in the country and Blake. So I'm Corn saying right they, they just they yeah, ran the ball absolute, like crazy, absolute corn-fed, whole milk yeah. guzzling wall of humanity in front of you to just push people around. Yeah, I was I was never all that impressed, but he does seem like the guy. Like Knicks and Penix are kind of settled into where they are for now. Kind of early yeah. second rounders, yeah. People didn't look. It was funny after the Senior Bowl. Neither one of those guys performed well during the week, and then at the Senior Bowl. So one of the takeaways I remember reading was like, "Well, JJ McCarthy's stock has risen. He didn't do anything. It was just the other guys around him looked a little bit worse. So that's why you'll have guys. Most of the top guys aren't doing anything this week at the combine because they know, like, well, where else can I go?" I'm already a projected top five pick, so if I run a slow forty, like I don't want to put myself in jeopardy. Yeah, uh, no, but it is combine. I, I, I get, yeah, I, I get that entirely. I just no. sort of feel like his athleticism between a pro day. I'm not sure what his combine status is going to be because I know a lot of the other top guys aren't performing at the combine. So yeah, true. He may be one of the guys that benefits from showing off the fact that he is a physical freak, mm-hmm. and he's got Jim Harbaugh talking him up on the West Coast. Uh, yeah, no, for sure. All right, you guys can join us at 617-779-7937. We will uh, try to win some money in the bet du jour coming up. Also, uh, the Dynasty, we talked about it a little bit on Friday, but I'm sure everybody's had a chance. If you uh, wanted to see the first four episodes of the Dynasty on Apple TV+, Plus, you've seen it by now, so we will uh, get to some of our thoughts on the series thus far. It's the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEI. You got no Back here on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy W-E-E-I. Let's do a quick bet du jour. What is that? Great questions. The bet of the day. We try to find some winners out there. Celtics have the night off. Bruins playing late. Sox already played their spring game this afternoon, but still plenty of stuff to bet on across the board. Fitzy, what do you have? All right, you know me, Rich, and I got to say, I'm on a little bit of a heat. I know you shouldn't okay, talk about right, it. Okay. I yep. was two and six with my yep. picks, and now I'm six and six. So we're back to five hundred. Mm. Let's start. Actually, uh, let's get into the black here. Let's win He's some more money. <laughs> He's on fire! <laughs> and the best way to get on fire is to just pick points, baby. Mm-hmm. I love nothing more than scoring. 
So give me tonight in a game that should be relatively defense-free. I'll take over 244.5 points, Raptors at Pacers. All right, I like that one. I'm going to go with the New York Knicks after just losing to the Celtics over the weekend to beat the Pistons. They're laying 11.5, but the Pistons are historically bad. I know Julius Randle's out and he's been out, but the Knicks are at home. The Pistons come in 8-48 and 48 on the year. This is one of my bets last week was just picking against the Pistons, even when it was a big spread. I'll do the same thing here tonight. So New York laying 11 and a half. All right, Joe Braverman's going to be in a bunch over the next month because Stiz is the executive producer of Red Sox baseball. So Dreams do come true. Correct. So spring games, that means Stiz has to get called away at times from the night program, and uh, he was a part of that big uh Grapefruit League action this afternoon. So, Joe, anything on the board? What is your bet du jour? I am going to go to college basketball. I'm looking at Miami and North Carolina. It's currently 14 and a half in favor for North Carolina, and I don't like that because the Hurricanes only lost by three the last time these two played. So I'm going to take Miami plus 14 and a half tonight over the Tar Heels. All right. Canes and the points. Very good. So those are our, uh, our bets here. On a Monday night, let's go back to the phone, 617-779-7937. Steve is in Maine. What's going on, Steve? Hey, guys. How are you? Good. Hey, Steve. Uh, great show. I love both of you guys. Two of my favorite personalities on the station, by Thank the you. way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I was hoping in this draft to pick up a wide receiver and an offensive lineman. Now, if you do stick and stay at number three, is that still possible in the later rounds? Uh, based on what you guys were saying, most of the uh, cream of the crop is going to get taken for wide receivers quickly. Um, at 34, what do you do there? Do you, uh, is it better to go wide receiver or take a tackle there? Are there still going to be any around? And that is why I suggest if you take the wide receiver at three, and you hit on either Bo Nix or Penix in the second round, it really allows you to rebuild your offense quickly uh, if he does hit. Um, I guess I'm just concerned that they're not dead set on a quarterback at three, that that's going to be their future. You know what I mean? I guess there's a bunch of different scenarios. I wouldn't want to be put in that situation. I'm just wondering what you guys think, I guess. Yeah, no, uh, thanks for the call, Steve. Yeah, no, it's tough. And that's why, like, right now, there are so many different possibilities. And offensively, they desperately need a quarterback. They desperately need at least one wide receiver. They desperately need a tackle. And number three pick, you should be able to get one of them. Number 34, whether you stay on the board there, Fitzy, or you move up a little bit, you should be able to get one of them. Third round, sure, it's a little bit more dicey, a little bit like maybe the guy works out, maybe he doesn't. But it's like, all right, out of those three like huge needs, you might be able to address two of them in the draft, and then that still leaves you kind of shorthanded in one area. Yeah. Um, is everything I can tell to allay Steve's fears of the quality receivers being gone in the first half of the first round. And you will see everyone from Brian Thomas, who's the second best receiver at LSU, likely to go in the middle of the first round. Malik Neighbors, Roma Dunze, uh, obviously Marvin Harrison Jr. They'll all be gone by the earth, like, like I said, middle of the first round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there are plenty of other receivers who could become number ones, definitely should be high-quality number twos, as well as people from your current NFL national media people to the draft Knicks of Jim Nagy's and more who's, who 
have come out and said multiple times that through the first three rounds, there was plenty of talent to not just find like a tackle, but like rebuild your offensive line. There's there's yeah. plenty. So if the Patriots go QB up top, yep. it's not that they're going to have him on the run and best take Jaden Daniels because he'll be running for his life because there's not going to be an offensive line. We don't want to see the David Car the David Carr scenario, right, Rich? Where oh basically it's like, hey, we got a great destroyed. quarterback. Yeah, what seventy two sacks his rookie year. But even that, but that destroyed. was that was an expansion team. Like as bad as the Patriots' offensive line was at times last year, I can't be that bad. Now we'll get Mike on Wenu if they don't bring him back. Now all of a sudden you need two tackles, and you're kind of really swimming as it relates to uh, you know just replacing all of these offensive players that that you have. But yeah, I mean there are definitely wide receiver I mean you look year in and year out there are second third and sometimes fourth round wide receivers that are really really good player Puka Nakua was a fifth round pick from the Rams last year right wasn't it in the fifth round they took him and mm-hmm. he probably should have won rookie of the year he was he was so good uh and I know it's Bill Belichick not drafting these guys but I still have a hang up about them swinging and missing on so many wide receivers over the last 20 years now it is a new group Maybe Elliot Wolf knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to receivers, and he can find that guy in the third round. But that's what I'm like. I don't even want to take the chance. Just take Marvin Harrison at three, cross that off as like a as a major need, and then address the rest of it after that. That's that's my my thought. That would be terrific. Yeah. And yeah. how often do you honestly think that the likes of a Puka Nakua are going to be available and randomly yeah. found in the fifth round of a draft? No, I mean, it's tough. But like I second mean, the last round, time they sort of had yeah. something like that was Malcolm Mitchell, and he was awesome in 2016 in the fourth round, nails in the Super Bowl, but then he has a degenerative condition yeah. in his knee and literally doesn't play again. Well, that's the other thing is usually if you're drafting a guy in the fourth round or fifth round, he either has injury concerns or like off the field concerns. It's like Aaron Hernandez, Tyreek Hill, or it's you know Malcolm Mitchell and some of the other guys that are, that are banged up. All right, one hour down, three hours to go on the Rich Keefe Show with Fitzy here on WEEI. Let's get to the Dynasty. What are your takeaways thus far through four episodes of the Dynasty? We'll do that coming up next here on WEEI.